Blog Talk Radio. Are you ready for some hot, steamy conversation? <laughs> I don't know how steamy it is, but hot, yeah. <laughs> My mother and I had a fantastic relationship. This is Stephen, and I just want to share. Uh, yeah, I want to expound on that just quickly, because the real man... Good morning, and welcome to Coffee Talk. I'm Soy, host of the fastest-growing online talk show where we discuss real topics with real people in real situations. Good morning, good morning, good morning. Happy, happy Saturday, everyone. Welcome to Coffee Talk with Soy, your new morning show where real talk happens every Saturday morning at 10 a.m. It is a fine day in Atlanta, and I am in the studio sipping on my favorite morning beverage, Carmel Macchiato. I'm actually having it iced this morning. The weather's good. It's clear. It's going to be a beautiful day. We've had liquid sunshine over the past few days, and it was a time for me to just reflect, uh, as we should all do from time to time, to just reflect and look at your life and look at where you are and where you're going and see if you need to make some changes. Well, folks, this month has been the anniversary month of Coffee Talk with Soy. We are celebrating six years of being on the air, in the studio, out in the communities, and trying to empower people to live on purpose. Six years ago this month is when the show started, and it has been a journey. I am thankful and blessed to have been able to Uh, take this walk and continue to take this walk and it is because of people uh, like you who are out there listening that 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 make this happen so thank you for supporting the show empowering me and being a part of my life because that's what it's all about each one teach one today folks we are talking about the resurrection of romance yes Yes, yes, yes. You know, they say, what was it, April showers bring May flowers. So things should be resurrecting in your life. Hopefully flowers of love, uh, relationships are blooming. All that you've done in, during the winter seasons where people couldn't see you, whether it was working out uh, for your boo or whether it was um, meditating or building a relationship. Now things are going to be put out for uh, the world to see. So we're going to talk about the resurrection of, of, of romance. Cause I'm a hopeless romantic. I don't believe chivalry is dead. I think it's still here. Uh, let, let's fight for it. And the man that's going to help us uh, understand and explain some things to us about the resurrection of romance, which he wrote a book about, and I've had an opportunity to, to read it and to flow through some material in it, and, and I can't wait to uh, ask Dr. Matthew Anderson about his material. Matthew is a coach for life. He specializes in helping individuals and couples and families and organizations survive and thrive during the difficult times. He's out of South Florida, but he's here in the cafe with me today. Good morning, Matthew. How are you? Good morning, Soy. Thank you so much for having me, and congratulations on six years. That is an amazing accomplishment. Congratulations to you. I'm happy to be here. 
Thank you, thank you. And I, and I'm happy to have had the opportunity to review your your book, number one bestseller, The Resurrection of a Romance. I think that that title is is pretty catchy. How did you come by to um come up with that title? Where, where did it come from? Oh boy, that's a good question. When you said that, I thought, <laughs> where did I get that from? I you know I was I had probably eight or ten. Uh, ideas about the title and um i i had this little thing i'd do um i'd put up uh big pieces of paper on the wall and in the bedroom and write on them and write notes about the book and everything and i wrote one of them was called naked souls and open hearts and uh radical intimacy and the art of ecstasy and then i thought no, that's not working. And then I realized that really what I'm trying to do is bring to life this this idea, this wonderful thing that we have so available to all of us, to bring it back to life in a meaningful kind of way. And I thought, well, resurrection is a good is a good word for that. So bringing it back to life in a in a in a new level and a new concept. Uh, I have a. a Christian theological background and the idea of resurrection has always been meaningful to me. And so in, when Jesus was resurrected, he came back as even more than he was before and in a new body. And, you know, I'm not going to preach here about that, but the resurrection of romance to me came from that kind of desire to say to people, here's some positive things you can do in your loving relationship to to really take it to a new level, new levels of ecstasy and meaning and closeness and intimacy and really powerful life transforming kind of love. And I honestly believe that when two people fall in love with each other, they are given what I would call a kind of a divinely inspired gift that is more potentially more powerful than than any other kind of human relationship available to us. And so I think it needs to be nurtured. It needs to be paid attention to. And the worst myth, the worst toxic myth about it that's passed around all over the place is that after three, four, six, eight months or a year, it dies. It's just a terrible idea. And I wanted to say as much as I can in the book, and in these kinds of conversations that you don't have to lose that after a year, you can build on that. It can get better and better and better. It doesn't have to die. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, kind of an explosion. <laughs> yeah. 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 I love it though. I, I, I love the energy. Let, let me ask you this, Matt. Is it, well, there's another, it could be another myth, but is it true that true love, true love, Matt, only happens once. Do you believe that? That's a, that's a question that I get asked a lot, um, and I can I would say it like this because I've been working with couples for over forty years, so I've asked that question and heard people talk about it um, in many different situations, and I've had people say to me, "I found my true love." We had a wonderful relationship, and then tragically, 10 or 15 years later, that person died. And they thought, well, I could never find another true love. And I've had people say to me, but I did. 
I found another true love. I never thought it was possible. And so I know from personal experience of talking to other people who've actually said to me, they found a true love and then that was tragically lost. And then they went on to find another one. I I'm of the belief that yes, we can find true love one at a time. I don't think we find Mm. two at the same time. That's probably too much for the heart to stand. But um, yes, I do believe that if for some reason we lose that true love, that there is so much love available to us that it can come again in the form of another person. Oh, wow. But, but isn't, isn't every love true? What's the difference between true love and love? If it's love, isn't it true? Well, friends love each other. People love their children. Uh, we love our parents. We might love our country. There's all kinds of forms of it. The kind of love that I'm really referring to is romantic love. And mm-hmm. I think when we truly fall in love with another person that, and they fall in love with us, that's, that's what I'm referring to. And what's amazing about mm-hmm. that is, most people over a lifetime will have that experience and it comes to anybody. It doesn't matter how old you are, how young you are, what you look like, where you've been, it can happen to anyone. And I think that that's part of the, the wonder of it. Uh, it's, it's an amazing life experience that seems available to every kind of person everywhere at some point. Mm. I, w- I would often I would often think that, and I actually I'm going to go ahead and quote myself and be brave here on the air and and and, and say this. I, I would often tell my friends and people who I'm usually having conversation with about things such as this that I don't think relationships should be that hard. You know, I, I think that if you're with someone and you, this is the person you want to be with. Mm-hmm. I I think I don't think it should be that difficult to love people, and and, and to show your love and for them to love you. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think it should be a lot of drama and chaos if you're working towards the same goal. And am I just out of tune with reality? You and I are completely on the same page and in total agreement on that. Completely, really convinced that when two people truly love each other, and that they have certain practices and qualities in the relationship, which of course we can talk about, it should be the easiest, most wonderful relationship that they've ever had. I used to think 30 years ago that relationship was hard work, but that was because I was married to the wrong person. And I think mm-hmm. when it gets really, really hard, it's a sign that something is wrong, something is not working. Mm. Real love should be invigorating. It is, it is exciting. Yeah. It is satisfying. Yeah. One of the things that I, that I talk about a lot is, is for example, my, my, uh, the, the, the person that really inspired me to write this book, she's kind of my muse, but she's also – my girlfriend, um, I call her Sunny. That's not her real name, but that's my nickname for her. Sunny and I talk about going to the grocery store and doing ordinary things together. And going to the grocery store is, for us, a happy, 
fun experience. It's part of ordinary life. And when you're in a really great I love you deeply and you love me deeply relationship, you're exactly right. It should flow. It should have a sense of joy in it most of the time. And it can. And mm-hmm. I know a lot of people say, well, that's not the way mine is. And I, that's one of the reasons I wrote this book. Is I wanted to give people <laughs> specific guidelines for that things they can do to help it get to that. You know, one of the things that I I think is really important in a relationship is what we call in the business of coaching and relationships, we call it affirmation, saying positive things to your partner about them on a consistent basis. It's so important. It sounds simple, but many relationships slip into a way of relating that does not include that. But all the research about really fantastic relationships says that couples who have a wonderful relationship have a ratio of a minimum of 10 positives to every negative. And sometimes they would say it's much, much higher than that, much, much higher. I would say mine is probably 50 or 100 Mm. to 1. And so when you should be, if you love a person, you should be focused on what's wonderful about them and communicate it to them. And then you're going to get more of it. That makes sense. But I think you said a really important thing It should be easy If it's not easy Please take a look at What's going on that's making it so difficult Maybe You're with the wrong person Or maybe it needs uh, You need to do some growing up I'm not talking about you personally But I'm anyone who's having that difficulty Because maturity is a really important part Of a successful relationship Immaturity kills that. more relationships. Let's, yeah, let's talk about that. What What do you want to say? Yeah, let's talk about that. I, I had that on my on my chat this with you. I know we got some okay. other very interesting things to talk about, but, but let's talk about that because you know what? I was surprised. I'm I'm in my late forties. Am I? Okay, like it's hard for me to keep up. I usually my kids usually remind me how old I am, but I I'm, I'm in my late forties and. <laughs> And so my social circle is between 45-ish and probably about 60 And I was surprised as I hear other people talk about their, their relationships and things that are going on, the level of immaturity in their relationships mm-hmm. at their age. Yeah. I just, I just yeah. somehow miraculously thought that, oh, you get it. You grow up. Yeah. Yeah. One of the things, Matthew, I'm going to put myself out there. One of the things I noticed in my marriage when I was younger and in my 20s and, and and my husband was a a very chatter person. He talked a lot. He knew everyone. He was very friendly. And, and, and I found that I would be very upset or, or, or mad or, or I guess I would be um, in a bad way. We went out. The problem was we can't go anywhere without him knowing someone. And we always had to talk and we were running late. I would get frustrated with him. But my level of immaturity did not allow me to see that that's that's the man that he is, and instead uh-huh. of appreciating the fact that everybody know him, he's bubbly. Everyone wants him around. I, I complained about it, oh, and, and and I see that, and that's at twenty ish something. And so I see people at fifty five years old with spouses that you've been with this person for years. Why are you still complaining about that? That's what that's what he or she is. 
Really? Well, I appreciate. I really appreciate you giving that example and using yourself there. I, I appreciate that because that that was a perfect example of what I'm talking about. Is that it, it, you? You described it exactly. And if we could get past that as we grow up, then we start to and mature, start to really appreciate uh, how we get in our own way about that. And I agree with what you said. You know, those probably very lovely qualities about your husband. And you switched from having a problem with it or being intimidated or being upset about it to learning how to appreciate who he really is. He had to feel really loved and appreciated when you had that shift. He he had to feel that way. Wow, she really gets me. This is great. Instead of, wow, I can't be myself when we go out. I think that's wonderful. And um, I'm sort of like him. And one of the things that Sonny Sonny often says to me when we go out is she says, boy, I really love how you interact with people wherever we go, you know, clerks and people on the street. And she said she gets a giant kick out of it. She really loves it. And I it makes me feel good about myself. And I think it kind of brings joy when I'm around to be nice to people and interact and notice things about them. Immaturity. I'll say it this way. Adolescence. People with an adolescent level of maturity are not qualified to sustain a healthy, loving relationship with another adult. It takes two true adults to create a loving, healthy relationship because relationship requires maturity. It's necessary for it. And if you want it to be difficult, act adolescent. I had a couple that I worked with a number of years ago and they had all kinds of difficulty problems with intimacy and I discovered that they were often sarcastic with each other and I said you know sarcasm is a way of being hostile and they said oh no we like it we get a big kick out of being sarcastic it's almost like a game we play we do it all the time I said look sarcasm the root word of sarcasm is sarks. It comes from the Greek and it means to tear flesh. Sarcastic statements mm. are harmful. They hurt. Stop doing it if you want your relationship to get better. And they resisted me like crazy. And then they tried to practice it and they came back week after week and they said to me, You know, you were right about that. It, it gets easier. We, we had to really deal with our anger rather than kind of throw out these barbed comments periodically under the cover of being sarcastic. It's not really funny. And I think that that's a kind of an immature, inappropriate way to relate to someone that we love. If I love you, I don't want to hurt you. Yeah. That's an obvious statement, but it's not so obvious sometimes in relationship. So I think one of the, a word that I use that I really haven't seen very much over the years in literature or any kind of book about relationships is I think when we really love somebody, we should treat that relationship as precious and that person Mm. as precious. And I think it's a wonderful word to describe how I want to hold this relationship, how I want to see this person. Because if we really think about a person as precious, if we feel that they are that way, we're going to treat them with care. We, we don't trash the precious things in our lives. We we care for them. We protect them. We we uh, 
support them. We create a good environment for it. That's how we treat the person that we really love. Mm. And it sounds like uh, that is how the the romance is, is resurrected. I, I, I can see how yes. why, why and how this book is the number one bestseller. But Matthew, in, in addition to us being able to be mature enough about love, I understand you think that we should also be able to tolerate love. What does that mean? Oh, that's a wonderful, wonderful idea. I, I, <laughs> I, I came to that conclusion and that idea based on experience of working with people over the years who had problems accepting love. And then I started to see the research shows that if a person wins the lottery, the, 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 the money lottery, and they win 50 or $100 million, within three to five years, most of those people have a worse life than they did before they won the lottery. And the reason is, in my opinion, they cannot tolerate the good fortune. They might make forty, fifty, sixty thousand dollars a year their whole life up until that point, and suddenly they have fifty million. They have no place to put it internally. They don't have a structure to hold it. If we fall in love with someone, in my opinion, I call that winning the love lottery. It's the best thing that can happen to us is to truly fall in love with another person. It's the best of the best. If we are not accustomed to accepting love, to receiving love, to feeling lovable, we will find ways to push that person away or to limit it or to put constrictions on it or in some way to hold back the possibilities because of our what I call our internal container that holds mm-hmm. the love isn't big enough. So if I've only got a space for a quart of love in my heart, and you bring me a gallon of it, three quarters of it is just going to go on the floor because I don't have space for it. So I spend a lot of time in working with individuals and couples, helping them to look at how they tolerate love, how they're able to accept it because that person that they fall in love with, if they're also in love with them, wants to give them a lot of love. And Mm. what if you don't feel deserving of it? Wow. I like that. I I, I like that. I'm I'm thinking that uh, I need to come to South Florida (laughs) and visit visit you. I need to schedule an appointment. I'm curious to know what my love tank looks like and how much room I have. I, I well, feel that I, I have big I, heart. I do. I have. I work on Skype. You don't have to travel all the way here. Oh, really? Awesome. <laughs> yes, I have. You guys... I have Skype clients all over the country. Absolutely, okay. Skype is wonderful. FaceTime, if you've got an iPhone or Skype, I work with people. Like, it's a wonderful addition to being able to work with people. I I have people that I've worked on Skype with off and on for years. I never met them physically, but. It's a wonderful kind of interaction. So you don't have to okay. travel, although you're welcome to come to South Florida. It's nice down here. Oh, darn. Yeah, I was looking for a reason to get to the beach. Okay. Well, you can. Okay, forget the Skype thing. You can come to the beach. <laughs> come to the beach. I, I have different kinds of guided imagery um, mm-hmm. that we don't really have the time right now to get into, but guided imagery, ways of taking people through some kind of experiences to help them get a sense of where they are in their ability to tolerate love. And once we discover 
where they are right now, we can do certain things to help them expand that possibility. And I'll just give you one, one clue at this point. Learning how to be grateful and express your gratefulness wow. for the love that comes to you from the other person really helps. Gratefulness mm-hmm. is an antidote to feeling undeserving. It's an antidote to it because when we become to be grateful, it helps us overcome that sense of undeserving. So if I say to Sonny, I am so grateful you're in my life. I am so grateful that you love me. I am so grateful that you care about me. There's a piece of my heart that starts to open and and accept it even more. It's an amazing kind of experience when we do that. So learning to be grateful and express it to your partner helps. And yes, you know, as, 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 as awesome as that sounds, and, and I'm listening to you say that, in that moment where people are, are, are saying, I am grateful that you are here, they have to be vulnerable. And it is, yes. sometimes it's the fear of that that causes people to feel that they can't say it. And, they, and, and so they can't. Some people express it more than they can say it, but I understand that the, the importance of saying it, how do how they begin to battle that vulnerability to be able to say that so that the, they and their partner can benefit from it? Vulnerability and fear of vulnerability is, is a major issue in how people limit their experience of love. You, you really kind of nailed it there. That was great. We need to take the risk. We need to take the risk of being vulnerable because the payoffs are so much mm. bigger than the difficulties. And especially if it's mm. someone, if I say I love you and you say you love me also, what's the risk in being vulnerable? The real possibility is if I'm vulnerable to you like that, and you're exactly right. When I really express from my heart to you, how grateful I am to you. My heart expands. So does yours. That vulnerability invites you into my heart, and now I'm safe for you to bring me into yours. The payoffs are way more than the risk. You know, living life in a vulnerable sense more often than not is a lot better than living behind walls and trying to protect yourself and being shut off from everything. That's why I think romantic love gives us an opportunity to get past the fear of vulnerability and into the gigantic payoffs that it can have. And it's a very important thing for a lot of people. But when you verbalize it, you're right. It increases. It ups the ante. It brings more vulnerability, but it also creates the possibility of a lot more affection and connection. Wow. Amazing. Amazing. This has been an awesome, awesome morning, and I really have enjoyed chatting with you in, in the cafe. Matt, why don't you tell the audience where they can get more information about you and get a copy of that best-selling book you have out there? The best place to go is to my website, which is The Resurrection of Romance. Don't forget the V, people. The, TheResurrectionOfRomance.com. And you will see articles there about some of the things we've been talking about. There are some videos. There is, of course, the link, uh, information how to get in contact with me, my email address, um, and read more about that. If you just want to jump into Amazon.com and get the book immediately, I just tried a marketing experiment two days ago. I lowered the price of the book. So 
it's now 9.99 instead of 14.99 so you get a deal for a while you go to amazon.com and type in the resurrection of romance you'll find it immediately i really appreciate being with you today you were wonderful Ah, you as well. I've enjoyed this time. You're welcome to stop by the cafe anytime you are in Atlanta, in South Florida, or even on Skype. It's a virtual online show. So I thank you for tuning in with me today, and thank you all for listening. I hope you've gathered something from this, and you feel that you can resurrect your romance by visiting his site, resurrectionofromance.com. Also, there's more to come for Coffee Talk with Soy. Visit our website, Stay Connected. Download the app and look for me on your social media sites. I'm looking to connect with you to find out how you like the show. Any other topics you like to hear? Share your experiences with me on air and online. Have a great weekend. Have an awesome Saturday. Thanks for tuning in. Bye-bye.